Welcome to the Workforce Management Podcast, delivered to you by ShopWorks Workforce Solutions. The podcast that explores everything you need to know about workforce management, the technologies involved, strategies and processes, the trends and the solutions. Hi everyone, I'm Jake Bates, um, Workforce Management Consultant here at ShopWorks. Welcome again to another edition to the Workforce Management Podcast. I'm joined by Ian, one of our co-founders. Hi Ian. Hi Jake. So, interesting topic this one. I think it's something I've definitely been hearing a lot more about, labour demand forecasting. And I think it's just kind of worth noting, I think in the current climate, everyone's short-staffed. It seems to be trying to get the most out of your workforce is quite a, a key kind of objective for many employers. Um, so I think for today, it'd be good to understand, firstly, what is it? How can it help? And what goes goes into making an effective demand curve? Um, first question, I think, what is a, a labour demand forecast? Okay, so it, it, it's a two-stage process, which we'll cover in a second. And the idea is that you work out exactly how many staff you need um, per role, per period of time, normally like half hour or an hour. Okay. And the two stages are you need to forecast what factors are going to affect your staffing level. So imagine you're selling coffees. It's how many coffees you're going to sell, you know, uh, it's number of items. In a restaurant, it might be number of covers, number of bookings, you know, there there are a variety of factors. So the first stage is work out those those get a forecast for those and they need to be they, that forecast needs to match the sort of times time periods you're looking to match the staffing for so let's say if an hourly demand curve yeah you need to forecast how many coffees you're going to sell between nine and ten okay, okay. That, that's the first stage the second stage is once you know how many tasks you can be doing you then need to work out how many staff you're going to need and it, and that's the second stage of the process okay and what's the advantages why do i need a labor demand um optimized forecast Okay, so it, it's about so the, the phrase in the sort of workforce management industry is right people, right place, right time. But what they're really saying is you need to have enough staff to meet customer demand. That's why it's called demand forecasting, okay, and labor demand. So how many staff do you need to keep your customers happy? Yeah. And if you don't keep your customers happy, they either turn around and walk out the door, okay, or they're, they're, you know, they're getting a bad experience and they don't come back. So if we took the coffee shop example, that's we've all experienced that you you get off a train the train's just dropped 100 people by the coffee shop yeah. okay there's a queue out the door they haven't got enough staffing you go and join the next queue in the next coffee shop yeah okay so they've lost business you took a restaurant as, a, as an example they they've got a more complex situation you know you'll see where they don't want to book everybody at seven o'clock because they can't they, they need to spread the demand o- over a period of time okay um, so that the chefs have got time to cook it, the wait- waiters and waitresses have got time to deliver it, and you know, and people have got time to give service. So that's the idea. So just to confirm, a labour demand curve is in essence telling me how many members of staff I'm going to need based on forecast how many sales we anticipate to make. Yes, it, it could be sales, but it could be any other factor. So you might need a demand curve for unloading lorries or for you know, picking stuff off a shelf in the supermarket and putting it in bags to deliver. Okay. okay. So so it's a forecast of the factor that impacts the staffing. Okay. And the, the other sort of thing just to add to that, Jake, is the curve needs to be by role. So go back to the restaurant example. How okay. many chefs, how many washer uppers, how many sous chefs, how many um, front of house, you know, um, how many bar staff do you need to meet that level of demand? And I'm assuming that it's not a case of just swapping 
apples and pears. It's a case of you need, there's different factors that kind of go into it. I may be a forklift driver who needs to have a forklift certification in order to fill that role. So there's different factors that come into it. Yeah, that tends. Yes. So so sometimes the um it's by role. Okay. Yeah. So the role would be forklift driver, and then it might be the scheduling tool that works out whether you're qualified to be the. the right. Okay. So sometimes that might be the scheduling tool that deals with that. But you're right. It's how many people per role. Do you, do you need to do and just can, can talk me through an example different organizations that will kind of use this is this particularly for one industry is this for any industry so they tend to be hourly flexible flexible employees with with non-fixed contracts okay yeah and the reason those contracts exist in the first place is because the company or the organization it has a variable sort of demand level so if you have something where where it was always the same level of demand yeah. okay then you don't need to forecast it you know so um, I'm just trying to think of any. So some factories we come across um, that they always, um, you know, they always run the same routine. They, they, you know, they, they don't change the number of staff they have day to day. Okay, they're in fixed shift patterns. Yeah, they don't need to forecast anything. They just turn up and do their work. Where it, where you need labour demand forecasting is the coffee shops a great example. You know, they're busy around breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, and they're busy when trains come in, they've been on train station one and they need to forecast that. Uh, good Other good examples include sort of hospitals. Yeah. Okay. So A&E, you know, when, when are people coming in? Call centres, when are the calls going to come in? Yeah. Um, sporting venues, you know, the, the people are doing sort of real-time forecasts to work out, you know, when people are going to come to the bar, um, you know, what time are they going to turn up, depending on the, the fixture. Um, lots of sort of things where there's a variable element to the demand. And kind of on that point, say, how often would it be valuable to me to know my demand? Is this something I do on a yearly basis, monthly basis, quarterly basis? You tend to see that people do it when they need to create a schedule. So labour demand forecasting tends to be when you need to create a schedule. Okay. okay. So if you want to build a rotor for the week after next, you need to know what your forecast is for the week after next. Okay. Then some organisations do it in real time on the day, so they're okay. flexible enough to adjust. So if you think about it, you you built the rotor two weeks in advance. Yeah. You had seven staff that were coming in that day. Okay. And then as the day progresses, you ought to be able to reforecast against your original forecast to see if you need more or less staff. So you could either send some home, adjust, yeah. adjust between departments, you know. Um, and so it's becoming more real-time and AI is allowing that more real-time element of it. I'm thinking supermarkets stacking shelves and then all of a sudden a delivery pops up, which no one knew that was going to turn up. Yeah, and and what you'll find with that is with a supermarket as a particular case, so they will have a, a demand forecast two weeks in advance or three weeks in advance when they're scheduling yep. the staff. Okay, and then they'll forecast intraday, or the good ones will, intraday on what the, those individual tasks so the difference between the shift which is say an eight hour working pattern yeah and tasks which might be two hours on checkout two hours you're know, unloading a lorry an hour picking picking for um deliveries yeah they might forecast that with intraday and before we kind of just quickly go through how we create a labor demand curve i suppose if what's the benefits of knowing i've got the right amount of staff what would be the outcome of that so if you had the same staff budget okay yeah. and you use a proper you know ai latest state-of-the-art ai powered demand forecasting and then scheduling you should increase your revenue because you will allocate you will have the staff there when the customers need the service yeah they will spend more 
they won't walk out the door and your revenue will go up. So in simple terms, labor demand forecasting is about generating the maximum revenue for the same staff costs. Fab. Okay. How do we build a labor demand forecast? Okay. Fine. So again, we do it in two, two stages. So the first bit is we need to work out what the sales are. Okay. Or in, we're going to, let's go for the sales rather than some of the other sort of um, dynamics. And so you're going to need a load of historic data. Yep. Okay. And you know, that might be historic sales data in this case, um, weather forecast might be important, um, traffic and event forecasts. You know, if you, if you, if you're a pub and you show the football, you know, you want to know whether there's champion leagues night on, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you need a tool to do it. So there are lots of software forecasting tools out there. Some companies use spreadsheets. One of the sort of challenges is, is that it needs to be scalable. So, if you think about it, if you need to do a forecast for, um, you know, a hundred shops and you've got three departments per shop, yeah, okay, you're doing thirty forecasts, yeah, you know, each week, and each one of those needs, you know, multiple data points. So doing it on a spreadsheet, you're going to have four full time people just doing that. So you need a tool to do it. So most people, and a lot of them are AI powered now, the best ones. And do I have to have a workforce management to work alongside it? Um, In theory, no. Um, you know, what happens is that once you've used these tools to create the, the labour demand forecast, it outputs a demand curve, which we've talked about, which is basically number of people per role per hour. Yeah. Okay. So it might be three baristas at nine till 10. Once you've got that demand curve, you, you know, workforce management tool normally has a place to display that and yeah. measure against it. Is, and it's designed to take that via API. Um, and it then has a way of scheduling that staff. So you could just export it. You could create it in a spreadsheet, put it into a spreadsheet, and then schedule your staff in that. Yeah. It, we would argue that that's probably not very efficient or very slick. Um, and obviously the best systems, these are automated end-to-end processes. And that was going to be on my final point, accuracy. I'm assuming there's someone doing it by manually with paper. I did this on Black Friday last year. I must naturally there has to be some improvement on the accuracy levels yeah if you look at say a few years ago um you know where people were just doing, maybe doing it with spreadsheets the traditional model was exactly that we're three percent up year on year I, yeah. had, I had this number of people this time last year so i'm going to add three percent to the revenue forecast do a quick calculation of how many staff i need i might add one more person on yeah, if you get a proper software tool to do it, and, and bearing in mind you might have to do that for hundred stores with three departments a store, okay? Yeah, um, it's a lot. Yeah, and they're all going to use the same calculation, aren't they? It's going to, you're going to end up automating, making that simple and easy to use, and therefore it's not very sophisticated. So the accuracy of a modern AI-powered system is is way way above the the sort of using a spreadsheet. Great, and it shows in the revenue. I think um, we'll wrap it up there. I know there's. From an AI perspective in general, listeners can go. There's, there's a few more podcasts that kind of cover that. Um, we'll, naturally, we'll put the link at the bottom um, as well. But I think um, re- really good to have you on. Really good, interesting topic. Thanks for speaking with me. Thanks, Jake. Cheers, Ian. Yeah.